Welcome to the Unknown Podcast with Chris Bloom, Ubong, and Mario Thompson. Enjoy. Alright, so um something um drastic happened um, during the weekend and so in honor of um the passing of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton. Um I think it would be best we start off this podcast by um taking a one minute or thirty seconds um moment of silence in his honor. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, the late uh, Bobby Charlton may his may still rest in peace. Um, he will forever be remembered for his legacy he left behind. He would always, uh, you know, honor that memory. Obviously, you can't, you can't, we can't, we can't, we can't question doubt, doubt his impact. Yeah. yeah what he did, remembered. what he did for England and Man United was awesome. That's not even just that. What, what his his influence in the entire game, you know, itself worldwide is is immense. All right. You know, so um, we had a, an amazing uh, weekend of football. Um, international break was over, and we returned back to normal programming. Um, but there's something that stood out as always. It's United. Everybody scores. Everybody <laughs> but the forwards in United. Right? So, in the Premier League, there's been no goal from Marshall. There's been no goal from um, Holland. And there's just one goal, one lone goal from Rashford. Our highest goal scorer is... Casemiro. Apparently, Casemiro, a midfielder, a defensive midfielder, and uh, right next to him is uh, the newly awakened Max Sauce, Scott McTominay. You know, and our strikers have continued to go along without scoring. The goal drought is across board. You know, across all forwards. What do we? What do we? Think, what do you think is the cost of that? Yeah, I think the team is going through a difficult period. They are trying to find their A game, and they are finding it difficult to to link up. If you watch the Sheffield game, you can see United struggling. So I think season goes on. So, so for me, for me, I don't think. I just think. I think for me, I think it's a combination of poor finishing at times, and especially from 
Rashford has been the main culprit when it comes to finishing. He's not been he's not been at his best when it comes to finishing chances. The chances whereby it's either he needed to he has to make the final pass or he needs to release the ball on time, but it's just been lacking. Hoyland, we can't we can't question we can't question his quality. He went on international break, he banged in the goals. Rashford also went on international break, he banged in the goals. So I don't feel I just feel with time it will the goals would come. But how much of creativity do Man United have is what I'm looking at at this point in time. So aside aside um Bruno from the midfield, there's not so much Okay, look at Bruno, look at Ericsson. There's not so much creativity you can look at that's going to be consistent over time. I still feel you need that United need to add one more midfielder. Oh, sorry, I forgot um, the Mason Mount <laughs> because because Mount hasn't he hasn't chilled. I forgot it's, that guy. It's very easy to forget Mason Mount. <laughs> I forgot Mason Mount because he's not even he has not even chilled. I just feel you just need one of the strikers to be on top form. And Rashford looks like the one that that was the key to the attack at this point in time. Because if Rashford Rashford would always has that streak where he keep banging in goals and he keep banging in goals. It's with one but at this point the whole attack is more working the midfielders are popping up with the goals, defenders are popping up with the goals. And it's actually good when you can actually have it's a good and bad thing when your strikers are not scoring and leaders are scoring. But it's in the long run. It's not sustainable for your defenders or midfielders to keep scoring because they can't carry you on the stretch of the season. At one point in time, Hoyland would come good, Rashford, yes, would come good, Anthony Marshall would not come good, he can't bank on him, he can't call on him. So I think for, for Rashford's case, it's, I think it boils down to poor decision making, right? Um, Many a time this season, we've seen him, you know, not being able to suck out his feet. You know, then yeah. he's been he's been making very rash decisions as whether or not to pass the ball or to hit the ball. You know, I think there was a clear there was a clear um, opportunity for him to, you know, one on one with the keeper, and he wanted to just lay it off to to Bruno, and then defender caught up with the ball. You know, so I feel like it's two things. It's poor decision-making and then that lack of, you know, confidence, you know, coming from him. He doesn't know whether or not if he hits the ball and he doesn't score, then the fans will probably drag him for not laying the ball over to Bruno Fernandes to tap it in. You know, so he's just in his head way too much. And then he's missing all these chances. But yeah. we can't even blame Rashford because when you bring in Ganacho, right, you see the spark, you see the passion, you see the energy. But you just see a child, basically. Right? You see someone with very little experience. When he's on the ball, he's not making much impact. He's just probably losing the ball as quick as he's getting it. You know? I think it would be a lot easier for Anthony to come out banging than it would be for Rashford at this point in time. 
Uh, this is because it looks to me like Rashford is becoming heavily marked. Um, previous games, you would see two, three defenders, you know, and then the next thing he does is just taps the ball back, taps the ball back. He's not forward thinking anymore, or like we used to know, you know, and that's becoming a problem. But um, we did have amazing goals in that game. Um, Dalot with the screamer. His first goal for Manchester United well, but, but, this but season. The, the, the past weekend, we had we had many amazing goals, like left, right, and center. They True. Were goals. True. They were like killer goals. I can't. I can't leave out my. I can't leave out Modric <laughs> goal. In fact, this weekend, it, this right. weekend, it was basically. They can arrive. So this week it was basically like he had like some worldies in, even in the in the yeah. EPL. There's some very nice goals. Yeah. And just news flash. Tottenham Tottenham are currently leading 2-0. Yeah, yeah. they've added another one. Yeah, Madison. So my FPL is looking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my FPL is looking good with Madison. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the Chelsea Arsenal game. Right, that's uh, that's one for the headlines. Chelsea had that game in the bag. It's one for the headline because Chelsea, Chelsea, just Chelsea did Chelsea did the magic in the game. The magic yeah, being Chelsea's that destructive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 it will happen. It will happen with a team that is coming up. It's, it's bound to happen. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I, go ahead, Mario. I think Chelsea started the game well. They had this. They had chances. They had penalties scored by Palmer. They had control in the game. You can see Chelsea playing with passion, but it was just lack of concentration and i think the coach made some wrong changes you understand if not they had the game in back they, they, they were playing well until so Mario, when, when, you, when you say when you say wrong changes so what, what, what would you consider to be the wrong changes in the game okay the game you know when you are playing a game and the game is working perfectly for you you are leading two nil you are playing towards the end of the game if you are changing a striker, you are not supposed to bring another striker. You are supposed to bring another midfielder. Peter Mario, you go on. Yeah, so so I feel. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, Mario, continue. Yeah, so I feel he should have. Uh, he should have dropped what's his name Palmer Palmer has already had a good game take off Palmer bring it on other midfielder you play two up front you play Sterling and Mudrik you know Mudrik and Sterling they have pace for counter so in case any chance is coming for Chelsea they can hit us now on the counter so just rash changes and they lacked concentration their goalkeeper also oh oh my god he was having a good season Sanchez continue he made a mistake for Declan Rice to bounce on. So I think just a little bit mistake from them. I think they will go on. 
like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on to my claim when I say if you're buying a, a ball-playing goalkeeper, errors come with the package. It's full of Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Things, like, all, look at all ball-playing goalkeepers. That, that outer of error would always be there in their game to give a misplaced But pass. we don't see the same with Ederson. Ederson, Ederson. Ederson doesn't have as much as all others. It could be, be the way City play, where they have a lot of control, and even if you are trying to press them, they are comfortable with the press. But if you look at every other, all others, if you look at Alisson, if you look at um, Ramsdale, if you look at every other of those ball playing goalkeepers, they always have that full come in them. Onana, oh, come on. You can just can't. So when, and for Sanchez, Sanchez is not really good on his feet. It's just because he's playing for a top team and they expect you to play out of the back. And that's why. So it's not the first time Sanchez is actually making that error. In other games, he has had he has made those errors, but he has, has actually been lucky with them. And for this game, it just turned out that that goal just that goal changed the whole momentum of the game. Football is a game of moment. One moment can decide the whole game, and that was the moment that Arsenal needed. He made that error. The Rice scored, and momentum shifted over shifted over to Arsenal. They kept on pressuring Chelsea. Chelsea could not withstand it. Before you know. The second equalizer. Before then, Jackson had his chance, fluffed it. Palmer, which is one of the star guys to watch out for this season, Palmer had his chance. Palmer got his goal. So I just feel the game was a game of moment because if Jackson had scored out, but the chance he had yeah. before Arsenal equalized, the game would have obviously taken a different turn. But he missed that chance. He missed that chance. Palmer also missed his own. Arsenal had their own. Arsenal only had. I think about three shots on target thereabouts. Before Declan Rice go, Arsenal had zero shots on target. Yeah. Like, I couldn't recognize the team in the first half. So, exactly. They had zero shots. And they, they, they got the opportunity. Declan Rice scored before, you know. The momentum, the momentum just shifted over to Arsenal. And when Harvard came on, he was winning everything in the air. He was literally dominating Kohil and um, Thiago Silva in the air, bringing down the ball. So those moments in time in that game, when Chelsea did not take their chances and Arsenal took Hadias, it was just like a smash and grab. Yeah. Have a chance, take it. Have a chance, take it. And that was how the game ended 2-2. It was hard on Chelsea because obviously they deserve more in that game, but it's football. I don't. Talk, I don't want to talk about the referee side, the VAR, the issue of Saliba was in the natural position. I don't know about that. Um, the Sanchez foul on Gabriel. I don't want to talk about it because VAR always. Like I said, I was. I this after this evening. I said um, the Premier League refereeing body would have to send more apology letters this season than ever before because it's like a recurring decimal. Every match game is an apology letter. So how long will it continue? So that's just it for me. Oh well. Uh, while uh, Chelsea was able to hold down Arsenal, um, Liverpool had an amazing game. Salah with two goals. It's looking like uh, Salah might end up going for 
the most goals this season. I think that will not be the case. <laughs> we all know Ellie Haaland will bounce back. Hmm. So, so he's, just so missing, he's just missing. <laughs> Ellie Haaland will bounce back. I think Ellie Haaland is having a bad time scoring. He, he will get his mojo back. As soon as De Buena is fit, uh, he will start scoring. We are an ETA on that yet. When the Bonnie returns, is there any ETA on that? I don't really know, but I think it will not be more than next month because he has been out for, I think, yeah. close to a month. It will month. not be more than next month, he will be back. But you also, need to, you also, need, you also need to understand that with, with, with um, KDB's age, these injuries will become very frequent, and I'm sure. Pep is already preparing to replace him already. Yeah, another exciting player that can that can create more for City is Duko. Doku. He we can see the spark he brings to City in the wide area. He does things that don't you know you know who Doku you know who Doku reminds me of. Who reminds me of old Sterling. Not even old Sterling. <laughs> this guy, um, Maximan. Oh, Saint Maximan of, of, of Newcastle. Yeah. Yes, exactly the same way. Please, it's just all these. Just shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Before you know, he beats you. But shake it, shake it. But it actually works. Yeah, no one you know. It's just like <laughs> they don't have pattern to the dribbling. Anyway, you know, they'll just shake their body, shake their leg, twist their leg. Nigga, you are talking about St. Maxima. When Manchester United played Newcastle, I think it was last season. Yeah. But he had a good game. But his problem was one Bissaka was the one marking him. <laughs> Not Diego Dalo. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's playing well, he's playing well. I think the difference is the difference is that um Doku has Pep. You know. Okay. Maximum didn't. So with yeah. with with Pep, we we are sure that you know all of that gra gra, you know, will be finessed. <laughs> all of that sharpness around the edges would be, you know, at some point uh brought down and you will see him playing some amazing football. Even Pep is excited about, you know, what the future holds, you know, for Doku. So I don't think that will be a problem. Um the Issue would probably be Greenleash seeing less and less and less minutes, you know, as the season goes by. You have to up your game. That's it. If a player is bought for 10 million pounds and a player is bought for 100 million pounds, if the 10 million pounds player is doing better, but as a coach, what will you do? You don't have to ignore, you ignore the facts. You have to play him. For example, you can see that Rashford is dropping. His form level is dropping. You will see more of Ganacho because right now Sancho is out of the blue. You will see more of Ganacho. You see sometimes they will take Rashford off 60 minutes, 70 minute mark to bring in Ganacho. That's it. Well, it's not so, like Ganacho does an... anything amazing when he comes on. So it's like... Ganacho, we all know. We all know Ganacho has that, how will I put it, that force. Whenever he comes in, 
he takes on defenders trying to same, create Canato is not a selfish player it's the same force that Doku has it's the same force that Maximin have it's that speed yes yes he always take, takes players on try to square the ball but you don't see Rashford do that whenever Rashford is dribbling he's dribbling just to entertain that's what I think he needs to stop that I don't know if they don't it's maybe people around him don't tell him this. Are you, are you sure Rashford is dribbling to entertain? I would actually think Anthony dribbles to entertain, not Rashford. Anthony dribbles to entertain. Rashford, okay, what's the point of you dribbling when you have a man in good position for you to lay the ball for him to score? Chris, Who Chris, Chris, Chris already said this already. Rashford issue is just show making. Yes, football is a team is a team game. Even if you are not the one that scores. It's a team game. I think all credit goes to the entire team, not a specific player. Although maybe a specific player can do well and they give him more praise, but it's a team game. So he should try and play a team game, not an individual game. Anyways, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens in the UCL this week. You know, hopefully we see some good results coming out from him. I think he's being... I, I don't know. Somehow, someone told him he's, he has to become more technical or something. You see him trying to be more technical on the ball. You see him making some large pauses and hitting some... Hitting the ball differently. Like, he's trying to add his spin here and there. He's being too technical. He's overthinking things. But um, let's let's move on to uh, Zerbi and uh, Brighton. Uh, yeah, losing streak continues. It's five games now. They've lost. They lost to Man City. At some point in the game, it looked like uh, they were going to, you know, um, get, get a draw. Get a draw. Yeah. yeah. So, um, of course, Pep wouldn't let that happen. And so the game ended in favor of City, and um, the Zerbi lost key players. First 13 minutes into the game, he lost um, Welbeck to injury. Yeah. In the second half, he lost um, March, and March is apparently standing in for another player in that position. You know, so um, it's it, it's going to be dark weeks you know for Brighton yeah but, but but I feel I feel for Brighton it's 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 a very it's a very poor run of form considering the kind of football they play and but I feel the next two games obviously provides them with a chance to bounce back and guess who they are playing next on later in the week they're they have, they have a, yes Europa League game they're, they're playing Ajax and who's best to pick up from <laughs> with if it's not Ajax, like Ajax are on a mad run, like no team wants to be on the run. Do you know, right Ajax, can you imagine? Uh, they giving Ajax, Ajax eight, eight odds. <laughs> yes. odds. Eight. Eight odds, and they still yes, for Ajax. Win. For Ajax to win, eight odds. Yeah, can slump, a very massive slump. So, I think, I think, I think that's possible. <laughs> not, no, I think that's possible. No, no, but these are the teams that 
that are trying to find their bearing at the moment. Yeah. So it can go so either it way. Be, yes. It's not be a one side game. I feel Brighton. I feel Brighton have 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 a better chance considering their coach. But let's see. I actually they just sacked their manager today. So let's see if the new manager bounce would actually work for them. But we know what we know what we know what Brighton can be. We know what I, they can offer. I don't know why team does this. Now, Ayas has so many players, we all know that, of which they have sold those players. And you don't have the quality you once have in your team. They don't they don't expect magic. They also brought in new players. Which have not linked up well, clicked. So you don't expect magic. The only old players I know they have in that team is uh, what's it called? Bromby. They have Begwin in midfield. They have... So, but, but, but if you know, if you know, if you know Ajax or Mario, if you know Ajax, the bedrock of Ajax's football is it's on the academy. They want to sign. Theirs is like. They provide that channel to bring in players from the academy and they come into the first team, then they sell them. They always believe that they'll be they'll have a pipeline of good players. Yeah, that's the that's the yeah. They just buy yeah, they just get a few they get a few players, a few players from outside just to beef the team. But the bedrock is sticky on the Ajax Academy. That's like the foundation of whatever they are doing. And for them, it's develop these guys and sell them. Develop these guys and sell them buy and that's what Brighton is also doing also right now at this point in time just that Brighton are dependent on their scouting network get players from obscure leagues for cheap fees and sell them at a higher fee that's simple so for Ajax I don't know yes they sold players or maybe they didn't they didn't get enough players quality players from the academy or even the players they've added have not really gelled and lived up to expectation at this point Chuba Akmom has not has not delivered okay. early getting Ajax. Ajax sold Anthony for 85 million pounds the most expensive player in the history of Dutch league what did they do with that money they you have to also, buy you can also say man you, man you did not pay the money complete now the money will come in batches yes but they have they sold Mohamed Kudus. They sold Basi to Fulham. They sold so many players, of which they, they, were, they were able to generate funds. They didn't make any quality signing. They only got it's any excuse for them. Yes. I don't think that's it. Like the funds is not the issue. Yeah, they are ethos of oppression. It's not in buying big players. You know, it's not in spending, buying big players. It's building the academic line and so that's what they are hoping to do still and they feel like even if the issue right yeah. now is just you know getting um, a good coach to to drive that you know that yes goes. that's correct they they they, they, they maintain on building their team from the academic but you also sold players you have to put in some experience also two or three players experience that match the standards of the team of which they did not do that. But we got I don't though. mean they should buy yeah. a big player. They can get they can get a smaller player. That's what Brighton does. They do, they look for players that have the passion, the zeal to play. You get them small amount of money, ten million pounds, seven million, eight million pounds, and they end up doing well. So I think 
they should if the, the strategy they are using isn't working for them right now i think they should try and change their strategy because for a team like ayas losing week in week out ah is not is abnormal it's abnormal well regardless though um there's one thing we cannot dismiss we cannot dismiss the fact that they have europa experience they have european football experience and so it's 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 imperative to put that into consideration you know and that they might not give brighton that's leeway you know to, yeah. to bust the game around and so we might just end up seeing them winning the game this might even be the turnaround that they need as much as brighton honestly, needs it. obviously they have the european experience yeah. over brighton so that, that that should count for something for ajax i hope so Sure. Now let's talk about the people who have apparently refused to stop scoring. <laughs> the boys in black and white. Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> we thought that that whole 8-0 thing was, was just it goes or just, you know, once in a lifetime thing with Newcastle. But they've seemingly continued in that same light. You know, and it's amazing to see actually. It's, it's it's not it's not looking like a fluke anymore, like we predicted in the early part of the the beginning of the season. It's looking like they are more grounded now into you know what it is they want to achieve this season. And so, is it possible that we're going to change? Do you guys see yourself changing your prediction for the top four? I t- did I not see Newcastle to be in top four? Oh, I said top six. Yeah, top, six yeah. top six, yeah. Top six, No, I'm still, I'm still, okay. gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna change it. I'm still gonna maintain that. Yeah. I think the players, the work Eddie Howe has done with Newcastle is exceptional. The, the weight of players he has blended together. The way they play, they play with hunger and passion. They play as if they want to win. They don't play. They don't play. What well, I will put it. They don't play to sit back and wait. No, Newcastle play attacking football. Yeah, there's a of belief which... in the team. There's a strong belief yes. in the team. You see, they're up front. The young guys, they are doing it. They are doing it very well. You see them taking off Isaac, bringing in Wilson. You see them taking off Ashley Barnes, bringing in Gordon. Yeah. You see them taking off Amigo. They have replacement. Amigo the up... depth. Yes. And their meat is also exceptional. You see Sandro Tonali, you see Bruno Gamerich, ah, you see Jolinton, they are doing a nice job. You know, you know what, what amazed me about Newcastle? Their left back, Dan Bourne. Yeah. He, the guy is huge. And you don't see them play Blanky. and yes, he's very huge and he doesn't have pace. And I don't see any game of which is he has performed below expectation. Yeah. yeah, so when Manchester United played Newcastle, I was expecting Rashford to take on Dan Bourne, Anthony also to take him on with pace. But it didn't work that way. The guy marshalling them left, right, and center. He'll bring you down before you get past it. He'll yes. bring you down first before you get past it. It's, That's yes. They're able to exploit, able to exploit because he's not fast so he, he 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 focuses more on positioning yeah he's able to exploit him and isolate him with a very fast player 
that's the only way you can beat him. And if if, he, if not, he's gonna pull you down. But if he's on if he's on the yellow card, you have an advantage. And that's why there, there are games whereby we've seen Eddie Howe take him off at some point in time when he feels that he's been exposed in the second half or he's with a yellow card. So that's the only way to really expose. He doesn't have pace, but he focuses more on his positioning. Just similar to what we have with when Matasaka was still playing active football. He know he's not he can't run to save his life. But what he focuses on is his positioning. He tries as much as possible to hold his pace and maintain that positioning. And that's what he used to please it. That's what he uses for his game. <laughs> you have the catch that born out of position. You don't see him overlapping so much and even that place open. But I also think um with Crystal Palace, I think it's it's more or less uh, because of their injuries, you know. I mean, the midfield, they were lacking their creative players, you know. And so, there was not much that could be done up forward. It was just a very draggy game for them. They could hardly stay in the game, you know. When it seemed like they had a chance to go ahead and, you know, draw one goal back, Newcastle had more goals in the chambers to dish and they were just thinking and thinking until, you know, they couldn't do it anymore. With Olise out, with Iberichi Eze out, Schlop is out. It's, it's not much going on in that midfield, you know, for for Crystal Palace. That, that's it. They, they can't deny the fact they're missing, they're missing, they're missing their top players at this point in time. And it's going to count. You can't you can't be missing or you say easy and you feel it's not gonna affect your game now. Nah, it's most it most definitely will. It will. Yeah, so I hope I hope they get better. But whenever they are playing United also <laughs> they have the way to get past us. So I hope Newcastle get better. Uh what's it called? Crystal Palace. I hope they they play more they play better. Before we move away from um, EPL, let's let's talk about the Sunday fixture. You know, Emery and uh, Aston Villa. I mean, if you watch that game, it was it was amazing football from start to finish, from both sides. West Ham had an amazing outing. Aston Villa had an even better outing. Um, this is their fifth consecutive victory. Um, it was it was wonderful to watch Watkins. The the energy, the speed in his legs, either foot. Even though his left leg was weaker foot, the energy he used, the speed the ball had in that game, you know, to, to score that goal. It was it was I screamed when I watched it, I screamed so loud, you think something <laughs> yeah. amazing. I was shocked that, you know there's no doubt there's no doubt about the quality Aston Villa possesses from the defense to the midfield to the attack to the goalkeeper itself you can see team a team like Aston Villa signing Paul Torres signing players from the Bundesliga also they bought in 
what's his name? I just forgot his name right now. Diaby. They brought in Diaby from Leverkusen. He's doing a, a nice job. Yeah, you yeah, see them linking up. Yeah, see them linking up. And they also have squad depth. You can see them. They have Douglas Lewis. They have Tila Mines. In that midfield, they have Jacob Ramsey. They have John McGinn. You can see the quality. They have Kamara. You can see the quality they have in the midfield. Up front. I think they will do a nice job also. The season, the season goes on. I think they are a team also to watch. Don't take your eye off them. They, they will do a nice job this season. And all credit goes to the coach, Una Emery. Like I said, when 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 that Aston Villa might just typically just depict a typical Una Emery's team. Fast and quick in attack. And they hit you and they hit you hard. And I just feel... Yeah, like Mario said, they've done they've done the right addition. They've done the right addition this season. And it's an Emery team. When an Emery team would always attack you. Like when they want to attack you, they would always attack you, and they would score goals. Remember when when Emery was asked how would he prefer a a one zero win to a five four, and Emery said he would prefer a five four win. That was when I knew that this guy is all for all for attack. All for attack. Like all for attack. So that's what comes with the Naemri team. All for attack. So yes, they have they have they have a lot. They're they're quite in a, they're quite in a good they're in a good mood at this point in time. They would have their downside in the season, which they had sometime last season. But if you look at the stats Una Emery, I think, in terms of results, I think Una Emery is up there with, I think, Arsenal and uh, Manchester City in terms of winning turn of the year. I can't remember, but I know he's either second or third in terms of win at the turn of the year. So, it means they're doing something good, yeah, in terms of their performance. All right. All right. Let's move on to outside EPL. All right, let's talk about uh, the chosen one <laughs> and AS Roma. Uh, <laughs> Mourinho received yet another red card, as always. His usual tea. He received yet another red card uh, in the game against, um, was it the. Uh, who was that? Moza, yeah, Moza, yeah, and that was because he was taunting the, the opposition after um, Esharawi scored that um, late goal to give them the win, and uh, he was given a red card for that, and so he will be missing the next game against uh, Inter Milan, you know. But I remember two weeks ago we talked about um, Roma. And we talked about how, you know, the team is slumping and all of that stuff. But it's seemingly different now, two weeks after. Right? Um, you see the whole team seemingly united. They are walking towards the same goal. And they're getting results. Like every typical Mourinho's team, regardless of how they get to the end, <clears throat> how they get the win, they don't care. Just that they get to win. 
And uh, we saw that happening again. Uh, it looks like uh, Roma's season may just have uh, turned around, would you say? So for me, what has changed basically is... I would say what what has changed, Chris, from the last time we had this discussion about Roma is they've had they've had yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, go on. We can hear you. So what I've seen, what what has changed is they've had they've had they've had a change. They've had a good run of form. They've been able to win some games, get some wins in the bag. Regardless if they are late wins, if they are nervy ending of nervy wins, they've been able to get that wins. And what what does winning do to you? It gives you confidence. We've seen that with Chelsea. They've had about two straight wins and you can see the confidence in their play. And that's what um, continuous winning games continuously. And that's what, it do to, that's what it does to your game. It boosts your confidence. It pumps your players or when they go into game, they go into the game with knowing that they can win. And that's what's happened with Mario. And typically, Mario would always be Mario. People are saying Mario should grow up. But come on, he makes it fun. Those things he says, regardless of why he brings that excitement to the game, it just shows you that football is not just football. Football is a game of passion. And when you see him, it's because he's he's into the game. He's into what happens around him. And Mario won't, won't take insults without firing back. You saw his comment to this guy, this several player that was yeah. recently banned for <laughs> drug. You saw what he told the guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah. that's what that's what you get from Mario. That's like that's part of Mario's package. It comes with him. If more if you tell Mario something and Mario doesn't fire back, then there's, a, there's an issue. I'll, I'll, I'll be very concerned. But for Roma, it comes with this, the drama. Exactly. But for Roma, this would obviously help them um in the course of the season. Obviously, it would propel them and push them to getting more victories. Yeah. They're, they're barely three points away from Napoli in the fourth position on the table. And it's seeming like, you know, they can edge their way into the top four if they continue this this great run of form. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that was evident in that game was Esherari's um, um, reaction to his, to his goal. You know, so after he scored, he, he was in tears. Um... <clears throat> Not because the goal he scored was amazing or or anything like that, but because he was um, also among the players accused for um, the whole betting illegality yeah. and all. And so he he shed a tear, um, reinforcing his innocence, right? And so he gave a comment saying that he loves the game way too much, you know, to to do that. And so hopefully we can get more clarity as regards the whole betting allegations and uh, you know some of these players will probably have some sort of uh, relief because it looks mm-hmm. like they're playing with so much weight on their shoulders. You know, the same thing with Tonali. Yeah. So please, you see please, their coaches coming to I'm back waiting, I, I see yeah, that Tonali thing. When I I don't want to talk about it because it just pisses me off. And we're just watching 
Premier League Association just just observing them because it's more or less like one person is feigning feigning the victim if you compare it to what happened to Ivan Tony. Yeah. I was going to come to that. They are both these are cases that they are similar cases, there's no difference. But one is played playing the victim and saying he has an addiction and the other one said he, and now they're saying he doesn't have an addiction. So he just he doesn't just he's ah, more wife no balance last last yeah. You know, there's something there's something that happens in this new world now as we know it. Um once you come out and take that particular stance that Donali has, you know, done, you get empathy. Right? You get some sort of leeway. And so it's you see you see people trying to move towards that. Just apologize and say you have an addiction. You didn't mean to do it. You're working on it. You're open to, you know, getting better and all that stuff. Tonally, that was Tonally that was recruiting people into gambling. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Tonally went to run ring gambling ring. Tonally, Tonally was recruiting people into gambling. And then was recruiting people. <laughs> Tony that had just, you know, it's a loan. Uh, what's it called? It's a loan involvement in loan activity just him he wasn't doing anything there was no elaborate scam you know it was just an individual placing bets even if it was against his team or you know it doesn't hurt it's not like he can detect how the game goes right and then he is now the scapegoat and every other person is getting a pat on their back and they are still playing games you know and then he gets banned he gets dragged on UK media like he's some pariah, like he's done something so unforgivable. And yet the next few minutes, you see a sports betting ad on the same UK media, right? You advertise sports betting so much. Yeah. They are your major sponsors. And then when players place bets, they are crucified. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, you know. But anyways, they would always follow the money. So obviously, now obviously, obviously, Garfield. So talking about victims, let's. Uh, it wouldn't be right for us to end this podcast without talking about uh, Vinicius. So. According to Vinny, yeah, he had um, episode sixteen. <laughs> I was, I'm not supposed to be laughing because this is a very serious issue. Yeah, it is very serious, <laughs> but for me, yeah, for me, I think he should be used to it by now. He should just you focus on his game. You don't get used to it. No, 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 no. Let me, let me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. He should just stick to his game and take that off his mind because. If he's to have this on his mind, his game level will drop. You understand? And he has complained about this several times, of which it still keeps happening. And during the Sevilla game, it was just a small boy that was doing that. A small boy. So if you can imagine the mind of that boy. So I I think it has already been placed on him 
I don't know if you understand my point. They have already told him that these people are so, so, so people. They are not equals with us. I think he has already been taught that. So, I think it's really bad. Yeah. Mario, I think we lost Mario for a bit. Go on, go on. What's your take? Yeah, so for me and this Vinny thing, obviously the outlook of the Spanish league is they don't care about this racism of everything. And it just seems Vinny is one target. And you know, it's and it's not like I wouldn't say Vinny is the only target because other players they might have been they might have been abused or something but Vinny is the one who's who's speaking up yeah. and that's why he seems to be in the media and that's why everybody's saying now only you yeah. is he only Vinny it's not only Vinny but Vinny has been the one that said he's not going to sit down or he's not going to lie down while they keep racially abusing him and he's been speaking up and he's and he's going to continue speaking up because it doesn't look like he's going to cower or he's going to bend to it he's going to speak up and keep calling out the Spanish FA because from the initial first issue, you could see the outlook of the president of the FA or the Spanish La Liga. You could see his outlook right now. So it doesn't look like something that the Spanish La Liga wants to deal with head on, want to take on. And if they keep insulting Vini, Vini will keep coming out and keep calling them out. And that's it's it's, it's quite sad. Like watching the old outburst and everything. See, and you can see the old Jimmy from Rudiger and Ramos. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention to that kind of a thing because both of them they are that same. They are similar players. They, they have, they have, they will play those those gimmick with you. They will want to get at you, play those funny, funny mind games while you are playing the game. So they both fit them. So when I saw what they were doing, I was like, ah, these guys are not serious. Let them keep doing it. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love that part of every defender. You know, Sergio Ramos, we all know he has the good, he has the bad, he has the ugly side of him. So, for him to encounter Rudiger, Rudiger also has that, that ability to do such things. So, As in, he has a side to his game. That's the yeah, thing. I would have loved for them to <laughs> get in on it a little more. <laughs> Yes. So I think talking uh, about okay, go on. Talking about the Vini issue, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick one. I think the Spanish FA should do a, do do a lot about this because if you can, if you all know, the Spanish national team they have black players. They have Ike Williams' brother. They also have Ansu Fati. So if they are doing racist chants on other players, and they have black players in their own team their their national team representing them what 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 are they what example are they showing to those players that are playing for them that they can turn on them anytime that's it for example nigerians you know if we're playing a game and a particular player fumbles and we end up losing a big game we will all go on that player i think that will happen to those players also they should also watch their backs the likes of fatty ike williams brother and so they should also watch their backs that's all 
So I think the problem is, <clears throat> and this is not even just—it's not even just um, um, specifically to La Liga, you know, the Spanish FA. It's it's across board, right? It's worldwide. They are seemingly talking up this whole racial abuse to banter, but it's not. You know, exactly. It's not. You can't compare normal football banter to being racially abused. It's not the same thing, right? And Vinny, Vinny is picking up on these things because he has taken that upon himself now to become some sort of a, an advocate, right? He, it is somewhat, it's somewhat it's, it's purpose now. It's purpose, and he's not backing down on on that, you know. And so he's pushing and pushing and every slight racial abuse he sees, no matter how it might come off as small or whatnot, he well, would highlight it. Yeah. He would highlight it because in the grand scheme of things, you know, he plays the role. That's why he has episode 16. He has he's actually keeping tabs of each and every one of them. So probably when he builds his case, it would be elaborate enough for the FA to do something tangible. And he even called out to FIFA. He called out to FIFA ahead of um, 2030 World Cup, saying that, you know, things have to be put in place and he's open to, you know, work hand-in-hand with FIFA, you know, to put these things in place, which is not ridiculous to request for. Like... These things are, you know how um, there's a finite line that is drawn when you say anti-Semitic things against the Jews, right? Yeah. It's a finite line. You do that and you see the repercussions coming from every angle. We saw it happen to, what's his name now? Um, King West, right? Yes. So that sort of punishment or you know that sort of approach should be the same across board right racial abuse is racial abuse whether it's directed to any um, particular race it's the same it weighs the same and so we need to approach it as the same it's not just football banter calling somebody a black monkey it's not it's not football banter you know, and so it can never it can never be football band. Can never be. There's no space for that in football. You know, and so people talking about Vinny being acting out as a victim, as a victim, it's just, it's just. I mean, it's crazy. We saw it happen to several England players during yes. the World Cup. The of yeah, the likes of Bakayo Saka, Sancho, and exactly. Rashford. We see it happening. Even within Manchester United, you see it happening. Fans calling out the black players and stuff. Till tomorrow, it's one of the reasons why till tomorrow, um, Wambisaka blocked out his comment section. Only a very certain few can reply or comment on his uh, posts. I think every footballer, every footballer should have that. But then again, they won't be able to engage with their fan base. You know. So it's just, it's just, it needs fixing. It needs fixing. Anyways, 
Is there anything anybody wants to add? No, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think you captured it all. For me, for me, Chris, you, you, you said it all the way it needs to be said. Can, can be put better. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's move on. Now let's talk about uh, the beautiful work that uh, Leverkusen. Uh, Javi, Javi, Javi 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 Alonso is <laughs> you know we talked about this early on in the season and uh, I think it was something that said they probably would stumble at some point and yeah, well, it's looking like that's not that's not that's not gonna happen anytime soon. You know it's still early stage, we all know it that is, just two points off. It's two points. Is, just two points. But if you watch your game you can't you can't help but just believe in their in their goal, in their purpose, you know, in what they're trying to achieve. It's beautiful football, regardless of you know the results. It's beautiful football from start to finish. Amazing link up play. Boniface made the first goal with an assist and he gave to uh yeah. free pong. Free pong. Yeah. You know. And so you can't help but just somehow, somewhat root for them them to just clinch that uh, that title this season. I think it's still early stages. I will still say it. it's still early stages. Let's watch till the season. Till, let me say, let's watch till January and see the outcome. Like, like if they if they can maintain this form till January, I think they can do it then. Because, because I think I think I think Bayern Leverkusen they actually they are putting up they are putting up performances after performances they keep telling you we can do this we can do this we can do this because the fact is they've added experience and they've added quality to their team and I just hope they keep this up till the end of the season and I hope they don't do a Dortmund on us if they don't do a Dortmund. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be very, very happy with them. And the January timeline will probably give them an avenue to bring in more players, you know, to get better squad depth. Because Obviously, the squad depth at this yeah. point is not all that encouraging, but if they can hold on to January and just do some good business, even if it's loan deals, just to, you know, seal the deal. Before. Yeah, it would be. Mm, they should come and grab Sancho, probably on loan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's anything I would advise any any top team chasing the title in any league. You know, you know the problem with some individuals. As an individual, you have some certain people that are above you. You understand? Let me say in work wise position. It won't take anything from Sancho to apologize to Tengham and this whole matter is over. When I was reading through this issue, some United players comforted Sancho to just apologize to the coach and everything will be over. Sancho refused to apologize. So you see, I don't think he should just remain where he is. But my problem is that they are paying him. There's no, there's no way back for Sancho. At this point, yeah. it's no way back. Apologize or not, it's, it's too late. Even if you apologize now, there's no need. Yeah, I want to come back and do it. Another thing I'm also watching in like 
they're watching and that's why any other team would be very careful to put their money on Sancho because I don't want a player who's going to come in and come up with this sort of attitude yeah because nowadays coaches are not just looking for players who have the talent they're also looking yes, at yes yes they're also looking for attitude. what kind of attitude do you bring will you come and disrupt the, 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 the dressing room yeah that kind of thing so uh, teams are very, very careful to put their hand on him is there somebody like Mourinho that can take him on and say, yeah, come in, come in, because Mourinho might have magic of working with those kind of players. Oh, well, I wish him all the best. Uh, Manchester United took, um, they had uh, a team photo shoot. Official and it was not there. There's nothing you are telling. There's no way back for that man. Okay, that case is closed. It's closed. All right, still outside EPL. Um, PSG had an amazing game on Sunday. Um, Mbappe had a brace, yeah? They led, they won three goals to nail. It looks like they're back to typical form would you say I, I hope so for them because I'm finding it difficult to understand how they lose some matches with the caliber of players they have they have good defense good midfield good attack they also brought in some good talents in the likes of Usman Dembele Kulemwani Gonzalo Ramos they have squad depth also have great players. I don't know what's wrong with them, with the league they are in. They are not supposed to lose some, some matches. If they are in the EPL, I would say, oh, they are in the EPL. You know, the EPL drama is too much. <laughs> so, I think they should improve on their gameplay. But still early stages, you all know they, they brought in a new coach. Maybe they are still trying to adapt to his style of play. But I think they should they should go they should they should try and do more better. So just correct uh, something I said earlier. Mbappe scored the lone goal. He had an assist. Yeah. So it was one goal and one assist. Yeah, Obon, okay. what's your take? Yeah, for me, for me, I've not been I've not been impressed with um, Luis Enrique because I expected more like antecedents now with Enrique. Yeah. And coming to the PSG team and They've not, they've not really been winning in winning in La Liga is sorry winning in Ligue One is is normal for PSG and they've not even they've not even been mind blowing like they've, they've not blown any team out of the waters and it's a PSG they've blown any team and it's just like normal PSG if PSG win in Ligue One it's normal yeah you it's normal. Them, there's no strong opposition yeah the Champions League gosh Newcastle embarrassed you fuck's sake like you're literally embarrassed embarrassed and <laughs> actually it was no fault of anybody but theirs only because of the formation they started to play against Newcastle they underrated Newcastle and they got whitewashed so I look forward to see how they would cope in Europe hopefully they make it out of the out of um, the, the group stage and see how 
Enrique rub shoulders with the big boys. That's where I really want to see them. They'll probably at one stage in time lead, win league on or in the Champions League is where I really want to see yeah. PSG exert that authority that because of the kind of caliber of caliber of players, they not it's just a mix of young players and a few experienced players because who who's who's there in the midfield for PSG? You have um VT Homo. Oh my god, we'll be that we'll be that big. We'll be that. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what that's the thing I'm seeing here. If you they really need to maybe in general you need to beef that midfield up with experienced quality players, like players that would support yeah. The guy from um is it Be- not Benfica, the guy from Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, obviously it's good when it comes to being the dirty job, but going forward is where they really need to look at. The attack is complete, you don't need to touch that attack. That attack is fire on its own. They will run you at any point in time. But that midfield, that's where the jury is actually out on them. Oh well. Uh Tottenham game is over and they won the top in the league easy. Yeah. How far how far how far will it last? <laughs> that's, 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 what we're, that's what we're looking at. How far will it last? Till next week at least. Who do they play mm-hmm. next week? Sorry? Who do they play next? Uh let me quickly check that. The next fixture would be. Oh, they're gonna win! Oh no, yeah, they're gonna win. They're playing. They're playing Crystal Palace. They play Crystal Palace and they go to. Then they play Chelsea at home. They'll beat Chelsea at home. Obviously. <laughs> ah, they'll beat Chelsea at home. Uh, they don't have they don't have any top team till the third of December when they face when they go to Man City. I don't think I don't think Tottenham at least uh, I don't think Tottenham will I come think, beat Chelsea. I, I think, think the it end, that game would also test them a bit. I think I think with the yeah. end, fair, they let play, me say draw. The players don't really have <laughs> play Man City. So, yeah. Obama, you run Chelsea off too too often. <laughs> you said you guys are going to win. I told you. I told yeah. you. Just I you, you can remember. I told you that Chelsea yeah. was supposed to win, but just that concentration they lacked towards the end of the game. I think Chelsea will do a good job, even against Tottenham. Because you see these boys, these Chelsea boys, the the, the thing that I observe from them is that when they are playing a big side. You understand a big side that they they compose, they play well, but whenever they are playing a smaller side, they find it difficult mostly. So you can't just win them easily. They 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 will do a better job there. That day. One reason why Tottenham will beat them because Tottenham is a small team. Tottenham is not a small team. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Well, let, well, let's see, let's see, let's see how it goes. Yes, I think the onus is, is on Chelsea actually to win that game. 
just because um, Tottenham would not know what to expect. Like, nobody knows what to expect from Chelsea, right? You can't confidently just see what their top 11 would be. You know, you don't know what their game plan would be because even Patatino doesn't even know what his game plan would be, you know, in the next game. So it's just, it's just, it's on them to, to win that game, actually. Yeah. I mean, Bissoma would not be playing. So maybe uh, there would be some chaos in the midfield. Something they can latch on and uh, use to their own benefit. But yeah. yeah. We, we, wait, we wait to see. Fingers crossed. So um, I'll just go around. We'll do a final um, talk before we call it the week for the podcast. Yeah, we did we didn't talk about the Inter Milan game. Okay. There's something you want to talk about? Go on. Yeah. Uh, Inter Milan they are doing a fantastic job. Lutaro Martinez has eleven goals already. He's on fire. <laughs> also Marcos Turan, they brought in free transfer is a good business for them. He's also playing well. You can see the the whole team, they are playing very well at this moment. So we see them as favorites for the league. Also, UV won one one nil this season. I think UV and Inter Milan are the lone teams doing well currently in the entire Okay. I just have one thing. I expected I expected a most in Inter Milan to do to do to do better over their game in their last match with Juventus but sadly You mean AC Milan? Yeah AC Milan, sorry, AC Milan. But sadly I can't even recognize the AC Milan lineup. I look at the lineup. I look at the Juventus lineup also, and I'm like, who are these players? Like, I don't seem to know who these players are. But I expected from that game, I expected more from AC Milan. But with the red card, you can't then you can't really you can't really blame them with the yeah. red card. Was, the game just turned turned his head over there. Actually, felt they would, they would win the game. You know, being at home and all, San Siro, I felt like it was. It was a given, even though Juventus has, you know, had a great run thus far. I felt like it was that time for them to show. I mean, is this games? It's games like this that decide, you know, how far you go in the season. And if you can't, yeah. if you can't defeat yeah. your oppositions like this, then you know, you yeah, might not, really, you might not get really to nothing. go. Yeah, there's really nothing like. If you can't really step up, like step up at this point in time, then oh, I doubt. Well, Inter Milan yeah. is still at um, close, very close range. It's just one point yeah. more than AC Milan and two points away from uh, Juventus. Yeah, so there's still there's still hope for things to shake up in Serie A. Napoli is seemingly getting back to their goal scoring form without a seaman, that is. And so, yeah, let's see how the end of year would, would happen in Sierra and see how best um, 
that would be arranged. All right, guys. Um, I guess we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, it's been one hour of um, amazing insights across the board. Yeah. So, uh, is it one hour already? Yeah, it's one hour. That's oh, exactly. one hour plus. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say let's just take a real quick on the Champions League games prediction on the Champions League. Just a real quick one. All right. The top, the top teams. Let's quick take a real quick one. Like for me, I I see United all day. Then the Arsenal Sevilla game. Oof, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think. I think. I think Sevilla win or draw. Sevilla is not going to lose that game. Because I don't see it's a difficult ground. If Arsenal win, they'll be very, very extremely lucky. Extremely yeah. lucky in that game. And the Bayern, Bayern, oh, that's the Bayern, the Bayern Galatasaray game, Bayern, Bayern will get the better of Galatasaray. But it will be a both team score game. Okay. Yeah. Then the Dortmund Newcastle Newcastle all day. This guy really believes Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle all day. Newcastle then uh, Real Madrid against Braga. Madrid all day. Then the Union Berlin Napoli game. I think that game will end up draw. End up in a draw. Then what's other what other games we have? So before you go on Wednesday, let's let's round up with Tuesday. We'll move on to Wednesday. Uber, your Tuesday predictions. Bayern as well. Galatasaray. Yeah. Bayern, sorry, Bayern to win. Manchester, Copenhagen. Straight win Manchester United. Sevilla, Arsenal. Hmm. Hmm. My my heart is saying Sevilla win or draw. Sorry, my head is saying Sevilla win or draw. My heart is saying Arsenal. So I come to I come to realize that <laughs> Arsenal fans, yeah, when they are asked to predict the game they are playing in, they will always be rooting for the other team. Oh, but it's a sarcastic. No, no, no. It's a very sarcastic nah. type of. No, no, no. For me. For me, this game is a very this game is a very tricky one because you know Sevilla with the antecedent in Europe. That's why I'm very skeptical about it. Like it's 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 not it's not really really seriously for me. I don't really have expectations going into the game. The Arsenal will be fine, but it's going to be a very difficult one. It's just going to be similar to the Chelsea game. It's going to be a difficult one. So I would say it's a draw for me. A draw. Okay, Braga Real Madrid. Real Madrid to win. Union Berlin Napoli. Union Berlin win or draw. Inter Milan Salzburg. Straight win Inter Milan. Benfica Rishosidat. Benfica Rishosidat. A draw. So for me, yeah, see these fixtures. Funny enough, I feel like. Bayern or that time will end in a draw. Um, both teams will score definitely, but it will end in a draw. Uh, Manchester United will probably win um, by a long goal, maybe you know, at the last minute or something. 
Um, Sevilla would force a draw. Arsenal, Real Madrid win Braga. Napoli should easily defeat Berlin. Inter Milan will definitely defeat Salzburg. Berlin will definitely defeat Borussia Schwerin. Let's move on to Wednesday. On Wednesday, um, Thompson, Lazio, Feyenoord. Lazio, Feyenoord. I'll go for Feyenoord due to their amazing form. Atletico Madrid, Celtic. I'll go for Atletico Madrid, Celtic. This Champions League. I don't even think they can even make the Europa League. I think they'll finish bottom of that group. Wow. Newcastle, Dortmund. Newcastle all day and Isaac to score. <laughs> PSG, Milan. PSG, Milan. PSG with a lone goal or two, two nil victory. Leipzig, Krepner. Leipzig all day. Leipzig all day. boys, man, City. City all day. But I think there will be an upset either Tuesday or Wednesday. There will be goals. There will be goals, but there will be an upset. Especially the Inter Milan Salzburg game. I think that might be the upset. I see Salzburg winning or a big team losing to a small team. About Barca, Shaska Dennis. Back out there. Antwerp, Porto. Porto. All right. Obongism. Final last year. What's your take? Final last year. Draw. Let's go Madrid. Let's go Madrid. Newcastle, Dortmund. Newcastle to win. PSG Milan. PSG Milan. Oh, it's a draw. A draw? Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Going by Milan's terrible form. Yeah, it's going to be a draw. Okay. I'm putting, I'm putting my, my, my neck and head on the table. Leipzig. This Milan team. Kervna, Vesta. Music to win. Young boy, City. Ah, City, all the way. Shakhtar, Donetsk. Baka to win. Antwerp, Porto. Antwerp to surprise Porto. <laughs> so I think the last year for that game would probably end in a draw. Celtic, Atletico Madrid would probably end in a lone goal win to Madrid. It'll be a close game. I think Dortmund would surprise Newcastle. There'll be goals in that game, but it could it could go either way. Um it depends on whether or not Eddie Howe gets excited, too excited, and he plays around with the squad. Um PSG would definitely win Milan, there's no doubt about that. Leipzig would win. Young boys would have their ass handed to them by Pep and the boys. Doku would have a goal. 
Banca would definitely win Shaskadonis and Porto would win Antwerp by scuffle. <laughs> and so that brings us to the end of this episode, episode five. Wow. Yeah, last step. week I had I had a closed one. I predicted Salah you always, and Royal Lump to score. You always have a close one. That's the problem. But <laughs> a close one does not does not lead to a win. <laughs> nearly does not yes. lead dead. I'm pre- uh, yes, I'm predicting again to score. Isaac, Alexandria, <laughs> Isaac to score. I'm playing three players to score. Isaac to score, Hoylom to score, Mbappe to score. Chris, take it to the bank. No, I won't. I, 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 I dare not. I dare not do that. Mario, send me code, please. Yeah. Once you once you book this game, send me the code. All right, all right. <laughs> I don't have high risk either. All right, either. <laughs> all right guys. All right, okay. guys. It's been a great one. Hi, guys. Great one. Yeah. Yeah.